broadcasting live from the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. This is Unnecessary Roughness. Roughness. You got to score points to win. You can't win without scoring points. Touchdown Raiders! He went right through the line and gives Vegas a touchdown to extend the lead. Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio, 920 AM. Here's your boy Q. And here we go, Raider Nation, in the Finley Cadillac Performance Studio. Bobby Machado behind the wheels of steel. Your boy Q, ready to finish off this week really strong, headed to the weekend, and have a good time while we're at it in the next three hours here on Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920. As I mentioned, Bobby's behind the wheels of steel. We'll be, of course, interacting with you all show long at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text sign at 69187, keyword r Very excited about the opportunity that we have to be with you for the next few hours. Excited about the opportunity to talk to the great guests that we have coming up on the show as well. My man Tashawn Reed from The Athletic will join us at 2.30 to put a bow on mandatory minicamp. He put up a, a really good, nice a nice piece on The Athletic talking about uh, the way mandatory minicamp got wrapped up. Started talking about the defensive tackle class. Talked about Hunter Renfro and the fact that the Raiders have received no trade offers for him. So, uh, like I've said many times, I don't think that Hunter Renfro is going anywhere. But Tashawn Reed will join us at 2.30, like I said, to put a little bit of a bow on mandatory minicamp. They do have OTAs coming up next week, but it's only a few days. It's scheduled for three, but I'm sure it's only going to go two. And then there's going to be a nice little break until training camp. And once training camp happens, it's, man, all hands on deck. (laughs) All hands on deck. That's when it's, it, it hits full throttle. That's when we'll be out at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center just about each and every day. I'm sure that they'll start their practices early in the morning. They'll have media availability. We'll talk to players. We'll talk to coaches. And, of course, we'll bring all that action to you here on Raider Nation Radio 920. So Tashawn Reed from The Athletic joins us at 2.30. Mike Giardi from uh, just NFL in general. It covers NFL like a glove. will join us at 3 o'clock to talk all things NFL and uh, kind of put us in that position, talk about DeAndre Hopkins, who not only is visiting with the Tennessee Titans, but apparently is going to be visiting with the New England Patriots uh, next week. And again, just get, get us caught up on all things NFL, talk about Dalvin Cook and the fact that he has been officially released. He can sign with any team that he wants to as of now. Matter of fact, as of about an hour ago, he was free to sign with any team that he wants. And uh, nothing has happened yet, but I'm sure he's going to have a pretty big market. But what does that mean for running back Josh Jacobs? So uh, we'll talk to Mike Giardi uh, coming up at 3 o'clock. Brandon Faison, he met with the media yesterday. We heard a little bit of his presser, probably just a couple minutes of it. But we want to hear the full thing. Uh, he's a guy that's excited to be back with the Raiders after going away to the Indianapolis Colts a year ago and, and, and playing under Gus Bradley, defensive coordinator. He's back with the silver and black. Uh, if you just listened to uh, JT The Brick Show, his normal time slot, 12 to 2, you heard the conversation with uh, with GM, um, with, uh, how did I forget his name, Bobby? <laughs> how, how, Dave Ziegler. How did I forget Dave Ziegler's name? <laughs> Sorry, Dave. <laughs> you heard the conversation with Dave Ziegler, and he had talked about Brandon Faison and the fact that he uh, and the and the rest of the staff was excited when they first met him, and then he left the free agency, so they were excited to have him back. So you'll hear that conversation uh, that Brandon Faison had with the media uh, coming up around 3.30. Then at 4 o'clock, matter of fact, the 4 o'clock hour will kind of shift our attention to the NBA Finals. Game 4 is going on this evening. Denver leads the series 2-1. to one. We'll have uh, Cleveland Cavalier guard Danny Green. He'll join the show just to talk about the NBA Finals. Danny Green has won multiple 
championships in the NBA with the uh, with the San Antonio Spurs. So we'll talk about what the finals are like being in that. What is he seeing from the Denver Nuggets? What is he seeing from the Miami Heat? And just, again, just being in the moment that is the NBA finals. Everyone doesn't get an opportunity to even play in the NBA finals, let alone win a championship. And Danny Green has won multiple championships. So he'll join us at 4 o'clock just to talk about all things NBA finals from the Nuggets side of things and from the Miami Heat. And then we'll get a Miami Heat focus with Amber Wilson from ESPN. Uh, she's part of the show, Joe and Amber, 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern time. She's on ESPN. Of course, you can hear that show if Cofield and company, when they're not on, sometimes they're they're off every once in a while. So you'll be able to hear that on ESPN Las Vegas. But she's on the, the big stage on ESPN National with Joe Fortenbaugh. They do that show 7 to 9 Eastern time. They don't have a show today because of, well, Game 4 going on. She's a big-time Miami Heat fan, so... Uh, we'll talk to her about the Miami Heat side of things. So at 4 o'clock, Danny Green will talk about the big landscape of the NBA Finals, and Amber Wilson will join us to talk all things Miami Heat. So Deshaun Reed at 2.30, Mike Giardi at 3, Brandon Face on his presser you'll hear at 3.30, Danny Green at 4, and then Amber Wilson will close us out at 4.30. And in meantime, in between time, of course, we'd like to hear from you as well at 702-365-9200 and the don'tbebroke.com text line 69187, keyword r Before we get into the opening drive, it's so funny, the last 20 minutes – and this is where my focus has been. Bobby's already saying, oh, no, and shaking his head in the studio. The last 20 minutes, I've been walking around this building saying, yeah, buddy, rolling like a big shot. I don't know how that got stuck in my head. I don't know how that song got stuck in my head, but I've been walking up and down the hallways. Anyone that'll listen, every office that's doors open, I just keep walking in and saying that. And everyone's looking at me like, why in the hell is that song stuck in his head? Half the people in the building don't even know what song that is including Bobby, <laughs> who just gave me the confirmation. And I said that, Bobby, by the end of the show, you're going to be walking around saying, yeah, buddy, rolling like a big shot. <laughs> and, Bobby, you say to that, what? <laughs> I don't even know what song that is, dude. It's not going to happen. It's going to happen. It's the ice cream paint job, right? Who? Clean on the inside, clean on the outside. Did that get recorded before 1994? <laughs> um, uh, no, a then little bit I afterwards. have no bleeping idea. Oh, man. Well, Bobby, we're going to get you. We're going to learn you today. Like I said, you're going to walk around. Someone's going to see you in the hallway, and you're going to say, yeah, buddy, rolling like a big shot. Just like that, too. you got to put that inflection in it. I don't see it happening. Um, look, by, the, by the time I get out of here, there's nobody in the hallways to begin with. So That's a good point. But the uh-huh. first person that you run into, I promise you, it's going to be so stuck in your head by the end of the show, unless somehow I can get that out of my head. I don't even know how it got in my head. I haven't heard the song in forever. I mean, I really haven't. But I said it out loud. I heard DeMond down the hallway say it as well. And then we started talking about songs that get stuck in your head and you can't get rid of them. So you have a couple. You used to be a used to be a, a, a wedding DJ, so you probably had those. Way back in the last century, that was I was a wedding DJ for a little while. And okay. I'll tell you, there was one song that I had to play at every single bleeping wedding. It didn't matter who the hell it was. They all wanted that. to hear the same damn song. <laughs> The Macarena. Well, yeah. See, it's always the it's always the the dances, right? Uh, it's all the line dances and all that stuff. Of course, uh, that's a that's that's a wedding that's a wedding DJ's like dream. You put that song on, it's pretty long, and then they just go and you don't yeah, have to the, do anything. The first six times I played it at one wedding. <laughs> By the time I got to the twelfth, I swear I was going to put my head right through the plate glass window. <laughs> well, we're glad you didn't do that. If you had done that, you wouldn't be with us today. We want to make sure that you're here. But I wouldn't hear that damn song no more. Well, I'll tell you right now. I think that I'd probably take that song over over the alternative. But 
Throughout the course of the show, we're going to have fun on this Friday. What we're going to do, we always have rejoined music that we like to come back with. You got a song in your head. How about we do this? Bobby's got his Spotify open. You got a song in your head. You can hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What do you want to hear as rejoined music? Like, what's on your mind for this Friday? No Free Bird, by the way. No Free Bird. Let's get that up front. What song is that? Free Bird by Leonard. Never mind. Forget it. <laughs> Bobby's like, I'm so done with you, Q. I'm so done. No, no, no. God bless you. You're a good guy, but it's just when it comes to music, y'all meet you with totally different worlds. It's well, okay. you know, we can, we can collaborate, though. I mean, sure. you oh, know, yeah. Jay-Z and, let's see, wait, hold on. Nelly and who was the uh, who was the country lo- singer that Nelly? Still losing me. No, no. Ne- you don't know who Nelly is? I know who Nelly is. I saw them porn once. You What? Nelly, when I worked at Deja Vu Adult Emporium, uh-huh. Nelly came in one day and bought a stack of porn about this freaking big. <laughs> Seriously, he walked out like 2000 bucks worth. <laughs> all right. And, and he tipped all the girls 100 bucks. He's a really good guy. Well, at least, I mean, hey, there you go, right? At least he tipped, right? I, mean, I, I wouldn't know one of his damn songs if it played it for me, but there well, you go. Well, he had a song with a country guy. I forget who it was now. But see, I mean, the point is, our two <laughs> worlds can co- collaborate, right? They can collide. We can, we can come up with the greatest hits. So that's I can, what we're I, can, do. I can think of one. What? Anthrax and Public Enemy did a song together called Bring the Noise. There you go. There you go. How about okay, I'm glad you said uh okay, how about how about Aerosmith and um Don't say Run DMC. Yeah, Run DMC. Uh, Why not? Walk this way. That was a good uh, one. Was, yeah, it was a, it was a great song with the first thousand times I heard well, it. Well, it's old, no, Bobby. Oh, I'm old. That thing that was horrible. I mean <laughs> That was a good song. You know what they had? I was a big Aerosmith fan. You know, I'll I'll tell you, Run DMC on that album had this one song called "It's Tricky." Yeah, yeah, that one I like. No, it's a great song. That's a great song. That's that's one that we need to play for a rejoiner. How about play "It's Tricky"? I can make that happen. All right, that's what I'm talking about. See, that's how it works, just like that. You let us know what you want to hear as Rejoin Music. It's a Friday. We're heading into the weekend. We're going to have a little bit of fun. Oh, we'll talk some sports in the meantime and between time as well. We'll get to some Raider conversation again with Tashawn Reed from The Athletic at 2.30. Mike Giardi uh, at 3 o'clock. Brandon Faison, you'll hear from him at 3.30. Danny Green, NBA Finals Talk at 4. And then Amber Wilson, little Miami Heat conversation coming up at 4.30. With all that being said, let's jump into the opening drive. The opening drive of Unnecessary Roughness on Raider Nation Radio 920 AM is brought to you by Paul Pata Law. It's not about the injury, it's about the recovery. And Bobby, you'd be happy to know that Big Dub Raiders already hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187. Answering my question, remember I said Nelly, uh, he had a song with a country star. It was Tim McGraw. Nelly and Tim McGraw. Are you a big Tim McGraw guy? No. I'm not into country music either. I like what I like. I, I like, like country music. Country no. music is good, especially no. on a Friday night. You know the great thing about country music? If you play one of the records backwards, you get your truck back, your woman comes back, and your dog comes back to What life. if you don't want any of that? Maybe you want them to keep your truck, your woman, and your dog. Probably cost too much money, all three combined. That's what I just said, but <laughs> No, no, man. I'm a rock and roll guy. Okay. I'm a, I like my heavy metal. I like my early Who's your 70s. heavy metal of choice? Oh, God, pick one. Iron Maiden, Judas Priest, Metallica, Motorhead. Okay, Metallica's cool. I didn't know, and you're probably going to laugh at me, and I've told this story all the time, but I've never shared this with you. Growing up in Pittsburgh, California, I had some neighbors, uh, Brian and, and, and Michael. They had their own band, right? And, and they, so they used to play their music in the garage, and so they were playing Queen. And I thought, oh, another one bites the dust. They are playing another one bites the dust. I thought that was a really good song. Well, mm-hmm. it is, right? It's a really good song. So I thought that that was their song because I didn't know that they were playing Queen's song. So when I heard it on something big that wasn't their garage, I was like, hey, those guys made it. <laughs> that was Brian and Michael made it. Very cool. Yeah. Very cool. They didn't make it. They- no, I know. <laughs> that was Queen. But 
There you go. So I'm very cultured when it comes to different music. I love all kind of music. So there's that. I'm not. I'm where. I'm, I'm going to learn you, Bobby. By the end of the day, you're going to be singing some hip-hop slang. You know, you're going to be rolling around talking about, yeah, buddy, rolling like a big shot. You're going to do all that stuff. I got you, man. A 60-year-old Portuguese grandfather. Yeah, good luck to you, pal. I'm working on that. I'm working on you that. you got to work real hard. we got about two and a half hours. <laughs> Bobby Machado, ladies and gentlemen, there. So now that we're into the opening drive in Big Dub Raider, thank you so much for that text. I do appreciate you. Uh, got two questions that I'd like to throw your way. And, of course, I want you to uh, hit us up at 702-365-9200. And you could be just like Big Dub Raider and hit us up on the WBroke.com text line at 69187, keyword R&R. What has you fired up about this upcoming season? Or are you not there yet? And if you're not there yet, what is it going to take for you to get fired up? At what point do you still get or start to get fired up and excited about the next season? And then the other question who do you think will be the Raiders' breakout player in 2023 and why? And really, I want to focus in, on, on that, on the breakout player. Uh, we talked about uh, multiple different categories yesterday on the show, but I uh, really want to think about breakout players because it's something that I spent a lot of time thinking about over the course of the night, and I kind of kind of looked at like third-year guys, right? I mean, you could look at rookies and say, okay, that guy's going to break out, but rookies are still rookies. Second-year guys, all right, you expect to see a little bit of a, a, a bump like a, a Neil Farrell Jr., a Matthew Butler. Uh, didn't get to see much of them in 2022, so I'm expecting to see a little something-something from them. Not too sure. I think that defensive tackle room is going to be a very competitive. That's something that we'll talk to Deshaun Reed about coming up at, uh, at 2.30. So I'm really looking and focusing on the third-year guys. Who out of those guys are going to break out? Because in, in reality, if they don't break out this year, are they going to break out? If they don't break out in year three, especially guys that only have a four-year contract, are they going to be around for year four? Right? So those are really the guys I'm focusing in on. So guys like Divine Diablo, guys like Trayvon Merrick, guys like Nate Hobbs, guys like Malcolm Kuntz. Those are really the ones that I'm focused in on right there. Those, those four in particular are the ones I'm really, really focused in on. But maybe there's someone in your mind that you're thinking, hey, you know what? I think that guy's on the, uh, on the, uh, on the opportunity, has the opportunity to really break out and be that guy. So for me, like I said, I'm focusing in on the third-year guys. Divine Diablo, I think he has a really good opportunity to be that breakout guy. I want to see, and I don't want to overreact to what we saw and what we've been hearing from, from mandatory minicamp and OTAs, but a guy that was leading the team in tackles a year ago before he got injured was about eight games in and wasn't able to finish off the season. Uh, if he goes out there and he builds off of that then all of a sudden the Raiders could have a really strong linebacker, right? And the thing about it is I've, I've always questioned the linebacker room when it comes to the Raiders. I called it yesterday the, the, the weakest part of the team right now, and I still believe it until proven otherwise. So that would be a step in the right direction if Divine Diablo could all of a sudden be that guy, right? Because remember, he's a homegrown guy. He's a guy that the Raiders drafted a couple seasons ago, and they're trying to build him up as one of their linebackers of the future. So I'm looking at him. I've talked about Nate Hobbs. I called him yesterday the X Factor. The guy, as long as he's healthy, he could pretty much play everywhere. I think everyone's pretty, pretty, uh, you know, consistent with believing that Nate Hobbs could be that guy. I'm really interested in what Trayvon Merrick's going to do, and I know my guy Raider Mac is not a big believer in Trayvon Merrick, uh, but I'm I'm interested to see what he does in year three. You know, you can make excuses for him. Uh, you could say that he was in a different system last year, which he was. He was a little bit banged up, but ultimately in year three, he's got to get it done. Like all the all these guys have to really get it done in year three and show show their worth, but. The one guy that I'm looking at, and I don't know if he's going to be a breakout player or not, but I have the biggest question mark when it comes to, to the, the third-year guys, is Malcolm Kuntz. I really have, I'm very interested in what happens with Malcolm Kuntz moving forward. His rookie year, man, he had a limited amount of snaps, and he was able to get production. 
He was getting to the quarterback. He was making some plays. And again, very limited amount of snaps. Then all of a sudden last year, it was like nothing. It was like crickets. So as much as I believe Devon Diablo could be that breakout player, when it comes to just curiosity in, in who's going to take that next step and show their worth, Malcolm Kuntz is the guy for me. Like, what are you going to do? Like, my, my big challenge is, Malcolm Kuntz, uh, allow yourself to be seen in training camp. I want to come back to the station after training camp is over, jump on the radio and say, man, Malcolm Kuntz, he was playing his tail off today. That's all I kept saying is, hey, there's another play by Malcolm Kuntz. Like, that's, that's what he's going to need because he really did a whole lot of nothing in 2022. So Malcolm Kuntz is the guy that I have the big question mark and the guy that I think was, is, is probably going to have the breakout season is going to be, be Divine Diablo. If I had to bet money on it, I'd say Divine Diablo would be the guy who's going to be the Raiders' breakout player in 2023. As far as my other question, what has you fired up about the upcoming season or are you not there yet? What will it take to get you fired up? I'm fired up for the upcoming season just because I'm, I'm so interested and intrigued by the, the, the complete draft class. Right, that that's what gets me fired up. Going through the whole process of okay, the season getting wrapped up. You go through free agency. We talk about the draft till we're blue in the face. Then they go to the draft. I like to see what those guys that are drafted could look like. Some of them are going to pop immediately. Some of them aren't. Some of them won't even get any kind of production at all, and we'll sit around and wonder, just like a Zamir White or a Britton Brown or a Matthew Butler or a Neil Farrell from a year ago. Like we don't really know what those guys are going to be for the silver and black, but. It's just the intrigue of seeing the draft class and how they, how they start to work with the team. And since this is a complete draft class, they have their first-round pick. They have their second-round pick. They had nine guys that they drafted, six of them on the defensive side of things. I want to see if they can start building. I know, what the, I know what the thought process is. Build the team through the draft. Build the team through the draft. Okay. Well, now you, you went and drafted the guys. Can those guys go out there? Can they compete? Can they contribute? Will a couple of those guys stand out and be big-time contributors, or will they just be, be guys trying to feel their way through? And you can see that, okay, they're still thinking. They're still trying to figure it out, trying to feel themselves uh, you know, through NFL action. right? That's, that's what gets me excited. Sometimes there's an individual guy that's drafted. Like, I can go all the way back to when Charles Woodson was drafted by the Raiders. I remember exactly where I was when they drafted him. I remember how excited I was. And I remember every single time I got a chance to see any kind of practice or anything, all I was looking for was Charles Woodson. Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson, Charles Woodson. Like, that's all I kept thinking about. I was at a hoop-it-up competition when Charles Woodson got selected, and I just knew there's no doubt that the Raiders are going to go and draft C. Wood. And I remember about what time it was supposed to be, and I knew what time my game was. And as soon as that game was over, the first thing I did after celebrating our victory was, hey, man, who did the Raiders draft? Did they go get C. Wood? Did they go get C. Wood? Okay, they did. Good, good. We're good. Everything was good after that. And I promise you, every single time, he was out there on the grass. I wanted to pay attention. I wanted to see it. So that's, a, a, that's a, a, like an instance when a certain draft player, a guy that was selected, is the one I was really focusing in on. But this, for me now, I really would just want to see how this draft class goes, what they look like. I know some people want to see you know, Jimmy G out there on the grass. Some people want to see Devontae Adams in year two. How could he build off what he did last year? Some people want to see Josh Jacobs. I don't know if you've seen, I, I tweeted out, I, I retweeted, as a matter of fact, uh, Josh Jacobs, I think he was doing some kind of some kind of workout that I had no business uh, doing <laughs> and I wouldn't do, but he was, he was lifting about 550, right? He had about 550 on the bar where the bar was, uh, was bending, right? So, I mean, it was, it was pretty aggressive. I retweeted that at, at your boy Q254. You could check that out. You know, maybe it's, maybe it's Josh Jacobs building on the success that he had last year. Can he do it again, right? That's what a lot of people are excited about. Bobby just gave me the thumbs up on that, so that's something that he's paying attention to. But what gets you fired up about the next season? And maybe you're not there yet. Maybe you're not fired up. It's only June 9th. 
Maybe you're not fired up about the season, and maybe you have to wait till training camp. I don't know. For me, maybe being out there, uh, you know, at the Intermountain Healthcare Performance Center and seeing some football activities and talking to coaches and players, maybe that's already got me ahead of the curve. But as Bobby said, yes, yes, it does. But I'm, I'm, I'm pretty pumped up. But then again, to do this each and every day, you got to be pretty pumped up, right? If I came in here and I was bored and I wasn't looking forward to anything, then the show would suck. And I ain't trying to do all that. I'm trying to have fun and uh, and also talk about some music so Bobby can. So <laughs> I'm gonna mess with Bobby the whole show. <laughs> Dave B in the 757 hit us up on the don'tbebroke.com text line at 69187 keyword R&R Q I'm right there with you on Koontz but don't you think his production can be tied to the scheme change guess we'll find out after year two of the Patrick Graham scheme yeah Dave B thank you for that text yeah I do think it, it has a lot to do with the scheme change I think there, a, a lot of production either good or bad has to do with the scheme change but just to not even really hear his name in, in 2022 was, was bothersome because, again, I mean, look at the production he had in year one, and he didn't even get that many snaps. I mean, the guy was really a third-down specialist sometimes, right? I mean, that's really what it was, and he still was able to come away with some good production, be able to stop the run and get to the quarterback in a limited amount of snaps. So I thought, okay, he's going to build on that, and you're going to see how good this guy really can be. And then you really don't remember anything. And all I, I mean, I promise you, only thing that stands out to me from Malcolm Koontz from 2022 was training camp when he got in the way of a drill that Coach McDaniels was running with Derek Carr and you heard Coach McDaniels get on him tough. That's what I remember. That's it. And that's not okay. If the last thing you remember about a player throughout the course of a whole year was training camp and a mistake that he made at training camp, that's not good. So I think this is a big training camp for him. I mentioned it before. I think this is a big training camp for Trayvon Merrick, a guy that I like but I think needs to prove himself. Hell, I like Michael Koontz, but he's got to prove himself. All these guys, I mean, there's nothing – you're not on scholarship. That's the thing about it. This is the NFL, man. You're not a five-star athlete anymore. You're not on, you're not on scholarship. I'll, I'll, I'll be all right, right? They recruited me. No, he's, <laughs> if you don't get it done, man, you, you, you're, you're out of there. So 69187, keyword R&R, so com text line. You can also give us a call at 702-365-9200. We have Tashawn Reed from The Athletic coming up at 230. Uh, we got this text from the 209 uh Buffalo Bills and truly how this team performs. Oh, okay. I'm thinking the the game against the Buffalo Bills, maybe. It's I don't. I'm not too sure. That's week two. Truly how this team. I think that's what it is. The Buffalo Bills game and truly how this team performs against the top team. I'm expecting the defense to be better, but we won't know till the season starts. Okay, that's what it's got to be. Is talking about that Buffalo Bills game. So uh, our texter from the 209 is not going to get fired up and excited until week two, which. I, I find that hard to believe, right? I find that hard to believe. Maybe I'm uh, reading the text wrong, but uh, that's that's what it's saying right there, the Buffalo Bills and how this team will perform. Um, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to I'm interested to see if that's really when you get excited is week two. You know when I used to get excited too, and I don't play video games anymore, but when Madden used to come out, when Madden came out and it literally was on shelves and it was like, what, Bobby, probably a week or two before the season started, I used to get excited and i go grab the game and then I'd play it. I'd go and do the whole schedule. I'd go through the whole schedule and see what the record was and say, okay, that's what this team's going to do this I year. I know a lot of people that do that, actually. Really? But yeah, they'll go through the Madden and they'll do the whole schedule yeah. to see how it plays out. Yeah, and whatnot. that's what I would do. I, but I would play every game. And I'm not that good at Madden. So a lot of times I came out on the, the wrong end of things. But it was always fun and it got me excited in knowing that, okay, the season's right around the corner. I'm going to play this game, play this game, play this game. And then by the time I'm done playing this game, it's going to be time for the regular season, then we're here. So that, that used to get me fired up, too. I used to have to wait till Madden dropped. 
I think for me, it's when the first week of preseason happens and then the NFL Network starts replaying all the games and so you have games like going all weekend. That's about the mm. point where I start getting okay. into it. Okay, no, that makes sense. And uh, yeah, NFL Network, you want to talk about uh, a network that has you covered like a glove when it comes to preseason action. Uh, they at some point end up playing every one of the games. Oh, yeah. That, and that's the thing that I think is cool because yeah. usually half the time I'm working anyway. So I'll go look back 3 o'clock in the morning. There's a game I want to see. I put it on the DVR. I can watch it the next morning. No, that makes sense. It really does. That's a good one. Uh, got another text. What up, Q? Poncho here. The only thing I'm fired up about is that this football uh, is that football's almost back. As far as a team, I won't be able to get fired up until we play. Okay. That's fair. Till, you know, week one. Week one is against Denver. Week two, like our other texter said, against the Buffalo Bills. That I'll tell you what. That first four weeks, man, that's that's tough, right? I was looking at it, and I was talking about uh, Gilbert Manzano's piece that he put out on Monday Morning Quarterback SI Now, and uh, one, of the, one of the categories he had in that piece was the toughest stretch of the schedule, and I was like, well, it could be the first four games if you're the Raiders, you know, because those three out of four games are on the road, but I picked weeks, what, 9 through 12? I thought that those were pretty difficult. And then week 13, obviously, they have the bye week. But those uh, those games, 9 through 12, I believe they have the Giants, then the Jets. Uh, then they go to Miami, and then they have Kansas City, and then a bye week. Like, those those four games right there are pretty difficult. So that was a stretch that I was looking at. But, okay, I can see that. Week one is going to get you fired up when the games. How about the preseason? Like, Bobby mentioned the preseason. I feel like fans get pretty fired up when they actually see, like Bobby said, actual football activities. I know being in Allegiant Stadium, you know, even last year and seeing all the fans that, that came up to the torch, it was almost like it was a normal game day, even though it was a preseason game. Well, for you guys, I mean, for, well, for us, I should say, I mean, once the camp's open, I mean, you guys are there pretty much every day. So you're, mm-hmm. you're into it from day one. Right. You know? Yeah. And that's why, I mean, again, being out there at mandatory minicamp, you know, this last couple of days and then OTAs the last few weeks, uh, it's already kind of got me in the in the zone. It's funny. My son was over at my house uh, this the last weekend. And I told him, oh, yeah, I got to get up early tomorrow. And he said, oh, you got to go to camp. And I was like, no, not camp yet. But it's like it's like kind of know the schedule, right? Okay, got to get up early. That means camp's around the corner. But that's the same thing like Vinny and JT and you. I mean, you guys are immersed in this thing 24-7. Yeah. So, I mean, you're already jacked up like two months before the first game. Right, right. No doubt. No doubt about that. So uh, please hit us up. Let us know. 69187, keyword r and It's the text line. And when we don't have a guest, you can give us a call at 702-365-9200. Before we go to break, Bobby, we did get a request. We got a request on the don'tbebroke.com text line. Yeah, buddy. Rolling like a big shot. That's what I'm telling you, Bobby, all show long, we're going to take requests and any kind of request that you want for comeback music, let us know. We're going to make that happen. This one says, hey, Q, ask your guest about Anthrax. I'm the man for the old metal rap blends. Radio-friendly Ooh, version, of course. Very regarding nice. The, regarding the question, I'm not fired up yet. I love the building onto the on the talent. When the talent executes, I'll be fired up. So there you go. So Anthrax, I'm the man. I'm going to have to find the uned- the edited version, though, because you really can't play the unedited version. Well, like, maybe we can get the it. instrumental. Maybe we can get a few seconds of instrumental. We'll work on Ooh. that. But thank you for that. And if you have a song that you want to hear as we come back from break, each and every break, you can let us know just like that. 69187, keyword R&R. Coming up next, Deshaun Reed from The Athletic will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920. You got a song that's stuck in your head like me? I got ice cream paint jobs stuck in my head for some reason. I haven't heard the song in forever. Some reason it's stuck in my head. So at some point, Bobby will get that one on, but we'll get yours on as well. 69187, keyword R&R. Join us now on the phone lines is our good friend Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. And Tashawn, thanks so much for your time this afternoon. You always have a song of the day that you tweet out. What's the song of the day for Tashawn today? Uh, it was The Payback by James Brown. Nice. Very nice. That's going to the top of the list right there. Bobby, make sure you put that up there. <laughs> Do you ever get a song stuck in your head and you have no idea why? Yeah, it's usually, honestly, it's like a commercial or something. 
Oh, yeah. Like, I, I think that's usually where it, where, it, where it gets like stuck in my head, but it happens for sure. You yeah, know, I'm in something throughout the day. I promise you. I don't know how I got Duro ice cream ice cream uh, uh, paint job stuck in my head, but yeah, it's it's in my head and it's it's starting to annoy everybody here at the radio station, but. It is what it is. So wanted to talk to you about just kind of wrapping up mandatory minicamp, putting a bow on that, and you were out there for each and every day. Did you notice anything different from this year's mandatory minicamp as opposed to last year's? Not really. Um, you know, like it, it seemed pretty much the same. Same. I mean, for one, we couldn't see much because we were <laughs> right. pretty, pretty far away. But, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it didn't seem too much different from, from last year outside of – you know, all the new faces, obviously, throughout the roster. There was a lot of turnover, you know, you know, no no move bigger than the change at quarterback. Obviously, we didn't get to see Jimmy Garoppolo um, because of his injury. Um, and so it, it seemed like a pretty chill OTA period to me. Like, you know, I know we still got, you know, a couple practices next week and, and we're supposed to get into one of them. But I didn't, you know, it didn't seem too too different to me. What about, what do you expect for training camp? Do you think that that's going to look, look a little bit different year two with Josh McDaniels? Yeah, it seems one thing I, I do. I will say, um, you know, it, it, it seemed like he might have taken, you know, some of that NSOPA feedback that he gotten, you know, about the coaching staff maybe doing a little bit too much when it came to the long practices and mm-hmm. that nature. I think he, you know, registered some of that. He talked a little bit near the near the start of minicamp about, you know, the coaches coming together this off season and having a self reflection period about how they go about doing things. Um, and I, and I will say at OTAs, it, it did. I wouldn't say it was lax, but you know, you didn't see things that we saw last year, like guys taking laps. You know, if you have a procedural mistake or you know the super long practices and you know going full speed on everything, like it, it seemed a little bit more easygoing, um, not as intense. Um, and I, I think that's something that we could see, you know, carry over to training camp. Like you know, just because you do have more time, not necessarily maxing it out every single day. You know, yeah. Um, so that's that's something that I, I could see um, being an adjustment. And I'm sure that's something that 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 players would appreciate, just in terms of you know being more efficient. Tashawn Reed from the Athletic is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920. Unnecessary roughness. Your piece that you put out yesterday. Raiders minicamp observations. Who can join Bilal Nichols as a defensive tackle mainstay? How big is this training camp period and preseason and even regular season for Bilal Nichols, the guy that they brought in as a free agent and he was just okay a year ago. Yeah, yeah, he was a solid, and like you know, it's, it's not like he get, got the biggest bag in the world, but they right. were definitely expecting more out of him. You know, he had a history of being a guy that, you know, was a really, you know, productive interior pass rusher. In addition to being a really strong run defender, and last year he was just okay in both of those areas. I would say, um, but really, even beyond him, like they need that group as a collective to stand up. Obviously, they they invested a lot in the edge rusher spot between Max Crosby and Chandler Jones and drafting Tyree Wilson, but. You know, those guys, it's easier for defense to key in on them if the, if the defense, um, you know, from the interior isn't getting any pressure. Um, and that's that was a big weakness for them last year, I would say. And, you know, it's going to be some of the returning guys, as well as Nichols, you know, Jerry Tillery, Neil Farrell Jr., Matthew Butler, them stepping up. You know, some of the new additions that they've made, John Jenkins, Adam Butler, Byron Young. You know, maybe we'll see if some of those guys are able to flash. But, you know, I, I think as it stands, that's the biggest question mark on their defense is, is what's going on in defensive tackle and, that's why in the draft, I was, you know, I understood why they passed on somebody like a Jalen Carter. Mm-hmm. Um, but he was a guy that, I mean, it seemed like he, he, he was such a natural fit um, and, and would have been an instant upgrade for them there. Um, and so for them pretty much bringing back a lot of the same guys with some smaller moves, 
and need some of those guys to step up. And that includes, you know, both veterans like Nichols and also some of the young guys that we didn't see much of last year, like Matthew Butler and Neil Farrell, you know, showing that they can make an impact. Yeah, those two guys in particular, I think we've asked questions to both Coach McDaniels and Dave Ziegler multiple times about those guys. And it seems like, Tashawn, that they're at least dedicated to getting their bodies right and, and giving their best effort. But, I mean, they do need to step up in year two because you didn't see hardly anything from them their rookie year. Yeah, I mean, they just basically didn't play, which, you know, that's not super unnatural for mm-hmm. day three rookies. You know, I'm, I'm not I'm like that's something that doesn't happen pretty regularly. But, you know, given the lack of production they were getting from the position, it almost made you wonder, like, all right, why not just give those guys a try? You know, like there must be a reason for you not doing so. And, that, and that, that's more so for me what raised a little bit of concern. But, you know, we'll see what happens, you know, in training camp once once the pads come on and the depth chart starts to take hold if they're able to – to emerge but you know if they don't you know and, and they don't really have you know some new production coming from that group I think they could still get taken advantage of uh, you know in, in terms of both the run game and you know teams not having to worry about the interior pass rush this year you know I like Byron Young out of Alabama I really do I think that he's a guy that's you know he, he obviously played a lot of college football and and he seemed like he started to figure out how to get to the quarterback last year at Alabama do you think that he's a guy that could be pushing both Nichols and uh, and and uh, and Farrell or Butler and Farrell Jr. to uh, for playing time in in twenty twenty three? Yeah, I don't think you can rule him out. I mean, I, I think it's an open competition and it's going to be you know production based. Like if those guys don't you know take steps forward, you know why not give the young guy a shot? I know we just you know kind of talking out of both sides of my mouth. You know, with, with Farrell and Butler not playing much last year, but. Um, you know, I, obviously, I, I don't think they would just stick with a guy just because, you know, with yeah. that position. I mean, even an OTA, you know, it was very rotational. You saw a bunch of guys out there with the starters. I think that will continue through training camp. And, you know, Byron, as you said, last year, um, he, he kind of stepped forward as a pass rusher. Before that, he was mostly, you know, known as a run stuffer, which, you know, is important. But if you're going to be an every-down guy, you know, you got to be able to rush the passer as well. And so um, seeing if he's, you know, once once the bullets start flying a little bit more in training camp, if he's able to step up, you know, I don't see why he couldn't, you know, carve out a role. Tashawn Reed is our guest here on Raider Nation Radio 920, Unnecessary Roughness. I asked the question earlier about Raiders' potential breakout players. Is there a guy that you think or a couple guys that you see as potential candidates for breakout players for the Silver and Black? Yeah, kind of on the defensive side of the ball, you got to look at linebacker Divine Diablo. Mm. Um, you know, he's gotten a lot of praise this week, um, both from the coaching staff and the teammates alike. Uh, he, he, you know, he flashed. He was playing pretty well last season in the first eight games before, you know, he suffered a broken arm that ended up ending his season. Um, you know, he bulked up this off season. He said he got, you know, maybe got a little too big there, um, but uh, added some extra strength to help him fight in the trenches. And you know, we all know he has coverage skills since he's a converted, converted safety um, from his time in college, and so. I think he's a guy that, especially, you know, with you losing Denzel Perriman, who has been a, a really good player for him the last two years, um, if he can step up and be a breakout player for that defense in the middle, that'd be huge for them. Um, I think on the other side of the ball, um, you know, it's kind of hard to, to, to find, you know, because it's more so known commodities, right? right. You know, we know what Josh Jacobs did, you know, you know what Devontae Adams did, things of that nature. Um, but, you know, looking at, at Dylan Palm, for me, I think along the offensive line, you know, mm-hmm. last year he played a lot, um, you know, left guard, center, right guard. Um, and he, he played solid for a rookie, but he definitely, you know, had his moments where he got overwhelmed a little bit. Um, game that comes to mind is the Steelers game. Um, in particular, he was getting pushed back a lot. And, mm-hmm. you know, he, it was clear that he needed to get a little bigger and stronger. And so I think if he can take another step forward this year and not just be solid, but be a plus-level player, along the interior of that offensive line. Obviously, you know, 
ideally everybody will stay healthy, but if they don't, a guy that can move around at multiple spots, I think he could, you know, take another step forward this year, which they really need on the offensive line. I think they have a bunch of guys that are solid, but not necessarily, you know, upper tier level guys. And if he can take another step forward and show that he could maybe angle himself towards being one of those guys in the future, I think that'd be big for them on the offensive side of the ball. On the defensive side of the ball, one guy that I just didn't see anything from in 2022 outside of training camp when Coach McDaniels was yelling at him was Malcolm Kuntz. Where was he all 2022, <laughs> and what is he going to do this year? Yeah, I don't know. Man, I, I think, you know, he's traditionally, you know, when you look at those those Patriots edge rushers, they're a little bit bigger, you know, and Kuntz is a pretty small guy. He's more of a 3-4 outside linebacker type guy than a traditional defensive end. Um, and, and that just doesn't really line up with, you know, what the Patriots are known for. And obviously Patrick Graham used to be a Patriots assistant. Um, he's kept a lot of those principles with him throughout his career. And so I think he's just sort of an odd fit for them. Um, and I mean, you just have to look at, you know, Tyree Wilson, what's his thing that he's known for the most, being big, right. tall, long, yep. 280 pounds almost. You know, so I think he's just an odd fit for them. I'm not sure I see him, you know, having that much more of a, a role than he did last year. Um, so I think it'll be more so of, you know, Wilson as he continues to recover from his foot injury, um, seeing how he steps up as that third rotational pass rusher, which is something that they really didn't have last year. Um, and potentially, you know, we'll see. Like Chandler Jones came on pretty strong last season, uh, but for most of the season he was he was pretty much a non-factor. And so, you know, he if he's slow out the gates and you know doesn't have a good start to the season, maybe Wilson starts to eat into the snaps a little bit more. And so. I think that'll really be the trio, you know, Crosby, Jones, and Wilson that ends up taking the majority of the snaps out there on the edge. Do you think Tyree Wilson will be available for the start of training camp, or is it just too early to know? Yeah, I mean, that's what he said, you know. I'll right. take his word for it. Um, that's their feel is, you know, he, at least my sense is, like, he could have participated in OTAs, but there really wasn't a need to force it, you gotcha. know, rush it when it came to the nature of his foot injury. Um, he had surgery back in November, so that's, you know, a few months before somebody like, no, it wasn't the same exact injury, but obviously Jimmy G had foot surgery in March, so you understood, you know, why he wasn't out there. But I think Wilson could have if they really needed him to, but they didn't, you know. So right. I, I think he'll be fine by training camp rolls around. I do think, you know, he, he may have a slower acclimation period, which is pretty typical for rookie edge rushers. Like, it's a tough position to come in and be a, a year one impact there. Like, it's you don't see too many guys come in like Max Crosby and have 10 sacks right off the bat, right? <laughs> right. You know, so. Yeah. Um, but the good thing is since they do have Crosby and Jones, they don't really need him to be a starting caliber guy right away. Mm-hmm. You know, if he needs to refine his technique, get a better grasp of the system, um, you know, get his body back in order after kind of being sidelined for a while, that's fine. You know, they don't, they don't need him to start. But, you know, I think he's a guy that as the season goes on, you can see him start to build up steam and become more of an impact player towards the end of the season again we're talking with Tashawn Reed kind of putting a bow on the on the Raiders mandatory mini camp that got wrapped up uh, yesterday here on Raider Nation Radio 920 and in your piece that you put out on the athletic you talked about Hunter Renfro and the fact that the Raiders hadn't received any kind of trade offers for him and that was a big concern for Raider Nation when he left practice the other day uh, what's the latest and the greatest as far as you know when it comes to Hunter Renfro yeah, nothing, nothing's imminent in terms of him being – them moving on from him. I know there's been a lot of rumors pretty much all offseason, but especially after they drafted Trey Tucker, who's best at slot receiver in the third round, um, it, it really sort of ramped up again. And, you know, he's missed a couple of practices throughout OTAs, and he left strikers early sometimes. And, you know, there's been some rumors about him being unhappy and things of that nature. I, I, I get it, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, the, the market – 
just hasn't been there right now. Not that they're shopping him, but they haven't received an offer, you know, so far, you know, according to my reporting. And um, it, it makes sense. I mean, he's coming off of a season where he, he struggled with, you know, injuries due to a concussion, an oblique injury. Um, he took a step back. seemed like he kind of struggled a little bit adjusting to McDaniel's system. Um, you know, they, they've added, you know, he, 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 they re-signed him, obviously, before the season. And so his, his salary is a lot higher than it used to be. You know, his cap hit's pretty high this year and next year. Um, there's no guaranteed money after this season, but, you know, there's still a big commitment. And so, you know, until he – it's kind of hard to see, you know, there being a huge market unless, you know, obviously things can change. Teams, you know, if somebody loses their starting spot receiver in training camp, maybe they make a call or, you know, if the season starts and, and Renfrew starts to come on strong, maybe they, they check about his availability. But as of right now, like, I, I wouldn't be expecting him to be going anywhere. Um, and also, like, I know some people have, you know, floated the idea of cutting him, which is – just idiotic to me. Right. Like, right. He's, he's too good of a player. And then also just they've already paid him, you know, a lot of his money for the season. So they'd just be taking a loss for absolutely no reason. So that makes no sense. And so my expectation, at least for right now, is that Renfro is going to be a Raider this year. Yeah. I just want to see what he would look like in this offense if he's healthy, right? He was never healthy, as you mentioned, in 2022. Uh, final question for you. Is there any update on uh, on Michael Mayer, the second-round pick out of uh, Notre Dame, the tight end? Uh, he's missed a few little practices. Is everything okay with him as far as uh, health goes? Uh, it's been pretty quiet. Honestly, I, I haven't gleaned much insight as to what's going on with him. Um, I know he hasn't signed his rookie contract yet. Right. Um, I don't think that would be why he's not out there because we, we have seen him during OTA. So mm-hmm. if he just wasn't going to practice until his contract was done, then he just, you know, never would have practiced, obviously. Um, and so you would have to assume that it's probably something health-related. Um, you know, as, as in, in terms of the degree of seriousness, I'm not sure. Um, we also have seen, you know, other tight end, O.J. Howard, not out there. Right. Um, and, and a few other players that have, have not been out there that we don't know the reason. Like Jacoby Myers, receiver that they added this offseason, he, he hasn't been – didn't practice the whole week of mandatory minicamp. Um, and so there's been a few guys, and it's, it's not the biggest deal in the world, kind of what I said with Tyree Wilson and, mm-hmm. and uh, you know, even Jimmy G to a degree. Um, guys not being out there this far from the season, the coaching staff, like if, if anybody has any sort of ailment, there, there's just no reason to push it this far away from the season. You know, now if we get to training camp and Mayor's still not out there, then it didn't be right. something where it's like, okay, yeah. you know, something's going on here. But just in general, when it comes to guys' availability this time of year, it's, it's not worth freaking out, in my opinion. Right. No, I think you're right. I think you're right about that. But, of course, everyone wants to know what's going on, especially with the second-round pick, who uh, is expected, I think, to have a, a pretty big role in this Raiders offense. Well, final question for you for real this time. Who do you got tonight, Miami or Denver, game four? Unfortunately, because I, I do want the – I'm rooting for the Heat. I like Jim Butler's get down. But it, it just seems like the Nuggets have too much. Like, not just Jokic. Obviously, he's the best player in the league right now. He's, he's playing at an unreal level that we haven't seen from a center probably since Shaq. Um, but also Jamal Murray. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he's getting enough flowers for how well he's been playing really this entire playoff run. He, he's reached a level that we haven't really seen from him in, in, since that you know dynamic bubble run he had back in 2020. Um, and uh, I think the combo of those two with you know, Jimmy Butler seems to be nursing that ankle injury a little bit more than he's letting on. Like, he hasn't been the same player right. since that's happened in that Celtics series. I, 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 it's just hard to see them, you know, even at home. You know, and, and that's a tough place to play, and they're a resilient team, but I think the Nuggets just have too much for them. I'll tell you what, if the Nuggets win this one and go up 3-1, it's uh, it's lights out. <laughs> it's lights out. I mean, yeah. I, Miami, Miami's good, but they're not that good as far as I'm concerned because Denver's playing some really, really good ball. Tashawn, great stuff as always. Man, what are you working on in the athletic that we should be on the lookout for? 
Uh, we got a got a profile coming out on Monday on one of their draft picks who was participating in OTA. Okay. Um, so I'll, I'll, that's a little teaser for the folks to come check it out. Um, you know, we'll, we'll see if we actually get that final session next week. You know, a lot of times mm-hmm. <laughs> that gets canceled. Right. Coverage of that if it happens. If not, um, me and my partner, Vic Tafer, will have, you know, sort of a recap story summing up OTA as well next week. So. Come on over to The Athletic and check it out. There he goes. That's a great tease right there. Well, we'll see you next week, my man. Appreciate you as always. Keep up the great work. All right, bro. Thanks for having me. All right, absolutely. There he goes. Tashawn Reed from The Athletic. Fantastic job. And, again, his piece that's out right now, kind of wrapping up mandatory minicamp. It's called Raiders Minicamp Observations. Who can Bilal, Who can join Bilal Nichols as a defensive tackle mainstay? It's on The Athletic right now, and it talks about Hunter Renfro as well and all the defensive tackles in that defensive tackle room. 2.48 is the time. We'll take a quick break, come back, close out hour number one of the show. It's Raider Nation Radio 920. On the wheels of steel. Literally on the wheels of steel today like he did when he was a wedding DJ. He's taking requests right now. You got you to gotta tip him, though. He's got the tip jar there at the, at the booth, so you got to tip him. He's, uh, he, he's taking singles, fives, tens, twenties, whatever the case may be, maybe Venmo, Zelle, whatever. At this point, I'd set up for a pizza and a beer, really. There you go. There, you heard the man right there, Bobby, making it happen. But uh, we're having a little bit of fun this afternoon. Uh, you got a song that you want to hear as a, as a little bit comeback music, just like that one right there, the little ice cream paint job. To row music. I still have no idea how that song got stuck in my head, but it is. So that's how this uh, whole thing came about today. Here on Raider Nation Radio 920, just hit us up, 69187, keyword r You can always give us a call as well, 702-365-9200. Just finished talking to Deshaun Reed from The Athletic. Got Mike Giardi coming up in just a few minutes uh, at the top of the hour. Talk all things NFL. We'll ask about DeAndre Hopkins, uh, Dalvin Cook, what that means for Josh Jacobs and his efforts to get a long-term deal done. Uh, but we also been asking the questions about who do you think will be the Raiders' breakout player and why? And then what has you fired up about this upcoming season? Or are you not there yet? And if you're not there yet, that's okay. What will it take to get you fired up about this upcoming year? You can hit us up again at 69187, keyword r Big Dub Raiders said, I'm normally excited when preseason starts, but not knowing the direction this team is going makes me have pause to be excited. The rejoined song I'd like to hear is Nas, full circle off his Grammy Award-winning album in 2020, Go Raiders. That's Big Dub Raider. He's been contributing uh, on the musical side of things already multiple times. So big shout out to my man, Big Dub Raider. And, you know, it's funny. The preseason the preseason is is that time when it's just you start to see football activities. And it's almost one of those where you see, especially in preseason game number two, where you see actually some of the starters maybe going for a little bit. And then preseason game number three was what we used to call, what, the dress rehearsal when those guys would go out there and play a little bit more, and then all of a sudden you start to see them standing on the sideline, taking their helmets off and taking their, their pads off and wearing their baseball cap, and you realize, oh, man, they're done. And then you know, all right, that's the last time I'm going to see them until the regular season starts. That is a time to get excited, especially preseason game number three. Uh, got a text from Jim and Yonkers. He said, we are 0-0 zero and zero right now. So is, er- so is everybody else. We have enough talent to win games. Five first-year coaches made the playoffs last year, and we had more talent than the Bucks, Jags, Giants, and Vikings. Dolphins had a better roster than us. The coaching staff has a year under their belt. No more excuses. Zamir White is my breakout player. He'll get more carries, and according to reports, is coming to camp in great shape. His increased production will only help enlighten the load for Jacobs. If there's a holdout, he's even more important. Thank you for a great show. That's Jim from Yonkers. Great breakdown. Really good breakdown right there. And Zamir White, second-year guy. I'm interested to see, and that's something I've asked multiple guests that we've had on the show, what does the breakdown between Josh Jacobs, Zamir White, and others look like in 2023? Some people, like Vinny Bonsignor, think it's going to look very similar to what the Raiders did last year. Maybe sprinkle in a little bit more of Zamir White. But remember, Josh Jacobs had almost 400 yards or 400 carries last season, right? He had almost 400 touches last season, uh, if you count the, the, the receptions as well. So he had a ton of carries. 
I'm just interested to see if it's going to look the exact same, if they're going to split it up a little bit. What's that going to look like? So Zamir White coming into camp and being in some really good shape, that's going to go a long way because he needs to be. Right, and I thought that he did pretty well his rookie year in the preseason, but we just didn't see him very much once it came to the regular season, and most of that was because, well, like I said, Josh Jacobs wasn't going to come off the field. So uh, there you go. You can hit us up again, 69187, keyword R&R. 257 is the time. We'll come back. Mike Giardi will join the show. It's Radio Nation Radio 920.